The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Welcome to The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra with me, Tara Lockery-Grant. On the show, we feature the best of lifestyle content across RTE on TV, on radio, on the RTE Guide and also in the lifestyle section of RTE.ie forward slash lifestyle and in the news now app the most downloaded app in ireland in the lifestyle section you can get us on facebook twitter and instagram with me in studio now is unplugs chris flack good How morning Tara. i'm great i'm great glad to be here well yeah. you are a little bit of a rock star because right now you are sitting with a just recently popped back into place collarbone yes uh, it's a shoulder sorry yeah shoulder. so my I, I had a, a misadventure with a high ladder and some concrete um, but um, I do want to give a big shout out to the nurse who popped it back in in Vincent's. Her name was Comfort and I swore a lot while she was doing it. And then suddenly she just looked at me and went, it's in. Oh. Um, so, yeah, amazing lady. And also a great name. Yes, exactly. Comfort yeah. by name, comfort by nature. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, I would really, really, I mean, dying to talk to you for a long time, Chris, because I've crossed paths with you a number of times, which we'll get to in a second. So to mm. have you here with a, an injury <laughs> and still smiling. Thank you. Now, we've crossed paths because Morning Gloryville, Mm. it is a really, going back a little bit, it is a wonderful morning event. You've moved on, obviously, since then to Unplug, but we crossed paths because it was, you were one of the people who started this off. And in your own words, what would you describe that as for mad hatters like me who are willing to get up at crazy time to get there during the week? So it's just a real, real kind of refreshing way to look at the morning. It was kind of turning the morning on its head. So I set up here with Ed Hurrell back in 2014 um, and it was I guess we were looking for an alternative. You know, if you look at the the usual way people look at mornings, it's kind of depressing. You're just yeah. focusing on, oh, geez, I've got all these chores during the day. I'm tired. Whereas this was all about actually having some really positive energy and a positive start to the day. So that's something I did as a part-time role rave on the side. Rave your way into the day. Um, yeah, your rave, rave your way into the day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back even before that. Okay, Chris, mm. because you're working, um, you know, with with Unplug. Actually, no, let's explain what Unplug is for people, sure. because we're, for those who maybe didn't come across you um, at Groove Festival in Kilruddery House recently, mm. what is Unplug? So I'll give you a bit of background on my own career history. So I spent the first 15 years of my career working in big tech companies. So with big analytics, big data for the likes of Capgemini and Avnet. And during that time, I saw huge advantages of technology. I was kind of there at what would be the forefront of what is now machine learning. I saw a lot of really positive things, but I also saw during that time that it started just the overuse of digital technology started to impact my own productivity and well-being. So it started to impact my relationships and my sleep. So I actually took a break from that sector for a while. I ended up working in India for 18 months. And during that time, a lot of my time was actually spent off the grid. So I was working on a sanitation project where I was totally off the grid. I was pretty much camping in the jungle for quite a long time. And when I returned to what we'd call normal Western civilization, so whether that was a big city in India or back here in in, in Europe, I saw some huge changes in people's behavior. And I also recognized it in my own behavior. So I hadn't seen my mum for one time. At, I think it was 12 months I hadn't seen her and I was flying back for her 70th birthday. And so I was in a room with some of the most important people in my life, my friends, my family, all the people that were really close to me. And, you know, we nourish each other. And I hadn't seen them for a long time. And all I was thinking about was checking Facebook. 
And that really alarmed me. You know, I was very much aware of it. Whereas I think for a lot of people, it's it's, it's just a habit that we do now. So I started recognizing there that on, look, sorry, this Chris, is. I have to stop you there for a second. Sure. You had been off the grid mm. and hadn't seen them in 12 months. I know, I sound so shallow. No, you but don't. I, <laughs> but you know, can I just clarify? I just want to find out, could I get this right? And even though you'd learned all these new wonderful things about yourself, sure, you still wanted to check Facebook. Not immediately, but <laughs> even even just you know pulling. You know, I'd, I'd spent a day with my mum, and then when when the party was on and when everyone was there, I was like, oh, I wonder I'm, if. And I'm not shocked at you, yeah, or you know, yeah. laughing at you. Yeah, it, it well, and look, that that was four years ago. Mm. So I guess at that stage, I started to really recognise that this was a problem that I was facing. Okay. So I started to look at how I could make change, and started to basically read a lot about it, and then I got very lucky I started to contact researchers and academics at some really well-known institutions in Asia over in the US and in the UK and then I became interested in what we would call the science of behavior change and habit change Brilliant. and that was really the seeds for unplug so we spent a lot of time researching this we really formulated as a company at the end of 2015 um, and the focus now is on corporate programs and programs into schools and colleges on helping people to have more positive digital habits and that's what we're all about today that's what yeah. we're doing in this chat is exactly just helping I, people have more positive because i think it's quite easy to lay the blame on technology mm-hmm. but for us it's really all about you know creating more what we would call digital well-being which as opposed to prohibition is all about actually having some balance and how we use technology you don't like the phrase or you're not your biggest fan of the phrase digital detox and why mm. what, what is that what is digital detox and why, why doesn't it's not the same as unplug what you do So interestingly enough, when we started the business, we were focusing what what we called sustainable digital detox because we're all about habit change. For us, digital detox on its own is great because it raises awareness of this challenge. But from a behavior change and a habit change point of view, that's really it's a a process as opposed to a one off event. So if you're going away and you're doing the extreme of prohibition, when you go back on the Sunday night, essentially, you know, you're going to potentially have the fear. Habit change is hard. It's really hard. So just so, to break that down for people yeah. who've never heard even the terms uh, unplug or yeah. digital detox. So digital detox um, in its most kind of standard form is taking time away from digital technology. Um, there'd be a lot of retreats out there where you'd go away and you do really positive things such as yoga, meditation, spending time in, in nature, which are all fantastic. And that the onus would be on making sure that you're switched off for that weekend. Mm-hmm. So you'd be unplugged. Um, but a lot of them don't really include the, the science of habit change. And having struggled with that myself, and I still do to this day, I've really, really changed the way I use technology and have a far better hold on it. That's not to say I'm immune. You know, I still struggle once in a while. If I'm feeling tired and, let's say, vulnerable in my own well-being, then I might want to have a look at Facebook, which is fine because in small doses, it's great. Um, But I think what I recognize, because I went on quite a few digital detox retreats myself in um, 2014, I just found that when I went back after that, the habits were still there. You know, so then I started to look at and work with psychologists and neuroscience experts and find that habits, are once they're ingrained, they're really hard to change. And I think if we think of how technology works with that, it's been quite seductive in a way. It's yes. snuck up on us quite quickly. You know, it's still very, very new digital technology. The iPhone is only just 10 years old, um, but we are starting to see big changes in our behavior and it's first of all recognizing that and then starting to look and it's it's not a simple thing. No, it isn't, Chris. And this, I, you know, it's 85% of Ireland, of Irish people have smartphones and use smartphones, right? Yeah. So we're more connected than ever. There's something like five number there's an, there's five phones for every human on the planet mm-hmm. and it's growing okay yeah. so we all know the figures they're growing 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 so this is relevant for everybody pretty yeah. much the majority of people um what 
you so like with most things knowing the problem is one thing fixing the problem mm. is the next so mm-hmm. you decided it's not just it's like diets as well but a lot of people would say if you go on an extreme diet what happens is not only a, a year later have you put back on mm. that weight but you've added on average two mm-hmm. pounds to that weight mm-hmm. same thing if you don't know the science behind digital detoxing or how to step away from tech or use technology for the good mm. you're going to do it even worse when you come back yeah. so what did you decide next um, well, just actually, when you mentioned the phrase digital detox there, again, it just reminded me that that's also quite a negative term to use in relation to technology. Yes. That the, the phrase detox suggests that it's a poison it, it, yeah. to get get out of your it's system. Toxin, yeah. um, whereas for us, a lot of technology is so positive. You know, it, it brings together communities um, and it, it educates mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it can be very much a productivity tool as well. And it's that balance of if we think of food. Um, so interestingly enough, um, Anne Longfield, who's the Children's Commissioner in the UK, was all over the UK press about this at the weekend. And this is what we've been talking about for quite a while now as far as that analogy to food and healthy eating as far as if we look at technology, you know, maybe we should consider that as a five a day. You know, what is Lush. time well spent? Should we be spending three hours a day on Netflix? Once in a while, that's fine. You know, if we're having a rainy duvet day, lovely. Can't get enough of that. But doing that every day impacts our productivity, impacts our well-being. And that might just seem kind of humorous in the short term, but that's creating habits, which then will start to bubble up when we're doing things which are really important. For example, reading our child a bedtime story. You know, we'll have a habit of checking our text messages, checking our email. That's precious time. We're driving the car. All of a sudden, we've got a habit whereby we're just getting this little pulse in our head to check the phone, which is very unsafe. So the, the, the thing that's the real big issue uh, and challenge for us is really this habit that we're creating so for us it's all about once we've created awareness to then try to focus in on improving attention and focus that would be amazing if you could come up with something like that Mm. you know a a tag a catchphrase because as we know they work the five a day which then became the seven a day easy to change it once it's in ingrained in people's minds parents teachers childminders and guardians with this area as well it Mm. would be so good if we knew that there was something tried tested scientifically proven Mm. and then we we need to so what are the next steps well, this is the thing. It's different for everybody. You know, you mentioned a couple of demographics there as far as um, specifically you mentioned families. And with families, it is a very new thing. Um, and we, we often forget, you know, because tech is very easy to, to lay the blame on. Um, but for that next generation who are coming up, tech is everything. Yes. You know, it's how they connect with pretty much every person they know. Now, we've been very fortunate. Um, we've worked with a lot of child psychologists, worked with teachers, with students. We've also worked with the Digital Youth Foundation they actually came to us a couple of years ago and said, look, we're teenagers out there who they're the leading developers and programmers within Europe. And they came to us saying, listen, we're seeing this impact our health and well-being. Can you offer us advice? Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to kind of generic advice, because for us, said this is very individual. Um, we do, you know, full day workshops on this. But for generic advice, the key first thing is raising awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, we've already mentioned food a number of times. But if you think of when you go on a diet, the first thing you do is have a food diary because you need to have an as is as to where you are. And what we quite often find is um, when we have habits, we underestimate our use. Completely. So it's not until we actually have a look at how much we're using technology that we can step back and go, 
hold on, this isn't right. Now, it might be fine. Um, and just back to the other analogy of food, when we're looking at our use of technology, it's actually looking to what types of technology we're using. So you mentioned a couple of technology types earlier that are really positive, you know, connection, um, education, all these things like I got here because the taxi driver used Google Maps, right? It's all fantastic. But it's some of the things which we'd classify as um, not necessarily time well spent, which would be the likes of the more shiny apps. So the entertainment apps like Netflix and YouTube and YouTube Kids and then the social media apps, which in small doses are fantastic. But taking them as a, a kind of something that you have every time you're looking at your phone, it's not necessarily the best use of your time. Chris, there's a stat, there's loads of stats. They're always changing. Mm. 200 times a day on average, we check our phones, we yeah. touch our phones. In the beginning, when I heard that way back when, I thought, oh, come on. Now I'm thinking, gosh, is it not more? Yeah, and that, that that is quite a big stat. It varies really from like 50 up to uh, up to 200. Um, I think the big change we're seeing as far as how it impacts habits is if you look at studies like the Deloitte's mobile survey, which comes out every year, which basically shows us key parts of the day in which we use our phone. Um, so they show that 40% of us check our phone within five minutes of waking up. It's then key throughout our working day. Obviously, a lot of positives there. And then three quarters of us check our phones when with friends and family having dinner. Um, and That's- then 48% of us check it in the middle of the night. Now that, again, you know, once in a while, that's fine. But doing that every single day will then mean you have a habit of checking your phone continuously. So then it creeps into areas such as, you know, I mean, sleep is, it's our pillar for well-being you know it's basically fertilizer for our brain when we're sleeping and if you're waking up every once in a while and checking your phone that might feel like you're reassuring yourself that there's no work email there but in the long run that's meaning you're no longer getting a deep sleep and and quality nourishing downtime gosh that is so it's it's, you know what it's so sad when i hear the stats is in that we check Mm. it with family and friends and as soon as i was you know you go to cast judgment and then you go i've done it and then in the middle of the night, yep, done it. And again, it could be woken for a whole other different reasons. But mm. if you get into that bad pattern, that could become part of your routine. And as you said, the deep yeah. sleep, that's scary. That is scary. It is. So, OK, we're no, we're see, and cyberbully. I mean, bullying in general, we're seeing with social media. I'm not going to drag you into that whole area because that's mm. a big other discussion. There are We know the positives of social. Mm. We know the positives of online. We also know the dangers of it. And we mm. also know this thing of, look, we live in a, a time when mental health is thankfully getting centre stage mm. or at least taking to the stage mm. and mental well-being and mindfulness. I mean, to see Jimmy Fallon interview Andy from Headspace yeah. was just great and mind-blowing to do a meditation with a live audience even a two-minuter one Mm. well done Andy he was very nervous you could hear (laughs) dry swallowing but I really applauded him so Chris you could be up there next and we'll go we spoke to him Um, but uh, and please God that you know these things do need to be taken into consideration and people Mm. are listening now Mm. what how do you are you getting your message across and and what how serious what does this need to go to government level like what, what what are you what are you thinking with this um, as I said at the beginning, this is still very new. You know, technology, digital technology is, is only really 10 years old. We've seen a huge wave just in the last couple of weeks. So in, in August of, of media attention on this. So there was the likes of all the, the interviews with Anne Longford in the UK, so the Children's Commissioner. There was a huge article in The Atlantic. So there's been lots of coverage in The Atlantic. But last week, now The Atlantic is seen in Silicon Valley as one of their key kind of publications from an education point of view. And there was a psychologist, um, Jean Twenge, um, who was quoted as basically saying smartphones are destroying the next generation. Now, that's really wow. quite scary. Um, and, you know, for us, again, we, we don't necessarily see technology as, as 
the the the, the real evil here um but raising that awareness is so important and that article with the atlantic got shared by some of the biggest names in silicon valley so the bbc have a series it's it's called the secrets of silicon valley it's, it's with jamie bartlett and a lot of the focus there is on how silicon valley companies are actually working with our attention so they're making a lot of their apps and products quite compulsive for us to use um, when I mention that, it's probably worthwhile noting, you know, I don't think any of those technology companies are necessarily evil, no. but they're all fighting for our attention because that's how they make their money. You know, Facebook doesn't make its money by us feeling great by sharing photos. It makes its money by how long we spend on its apps and its products. So that's one of the challenges. The other is culture, because you mentioned there kind of, is it worthwhile getting governance involved with this? And in France, we had the um, right to disconnect that came earlier this year, which was a, a new policy which allows people who work for a company of a certain size to claim overtime if they're checking the email after work. Wow. Now, that's it's great to see that from an awareness point of view, but um, as an organization, we're not sure that's necessarily the right thing to do at a policy level because every company is different. Every family is different, right? So from an awareness point of view, yes, we need to be told that this is something we need to keep an eye on, but having that as one rule for all is very, very difficult. So I prefer the kind of awareness around... because of the cost that the companies would endure? Well, everybody has different um, ways of working. So a a simpler way of looking at it would be if you look at some of the organizations, so Germany's really, really good at this. A lot of their car manufacturers would have very specific policy around email usage. So Volkswagen, for all of their operational staff, and this is actually globally for Volkswagen, when they leave the um, plant, so 6 o'clock at night until 8 o'clock in the morning, their email server switches off. Wow. So that just helps them to create more positive habits so they're not just checking you know because we have this compulsive need to check our email after work I know that's granny statey bit a little bit but I like it yeah and 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 there is the balance there because you know some people do need to check their work email after work and especially you know more senior executives you know I'm the founder of a company and we have conference calls with Asia with we're starting work in the US in Q4 this year you know so there's a lot of stuff going on where I have to often work out of office hours but it's making sure when you're doing that that you're just focused on the purpose in hand because technology is very clever at hooking you to look at other things you know so you might be in doing a conference call with somebody in asia and then whilst you're there a notification might pop up and say somebody's tagged you on social media which from a priority point of view is not a good use of your time so it's making sure you can actually manage that so it's you controlling it not it controlling you now, you've hit the nail on the head because because we i cannot let you go obviously we're going to talk about what you're up to and where you're going next mm. Please give us some of your top piece of uh, pieces of advice. Sure. Obviously, people can get a lot more by going to your website, which we'll get to that and to your <laughs> events, of course. But now listening, mm. people, you know, you, you can't but listen to what you're saying and take it on board. Mm. What, how can you help us? Um, so just back to the awareness piece, um, we there's some really great pieces of technology, interestingly uh-huh. enough, that, that can help. Um, so one is called Moment. It runs on iOS and one is called Rescue Time. runs on Android. They basically run in the background just checking how much you're using your phone. Uh, and they also categorize the types of technology you're using. So what we would see is maybe the more negative use of your time. So the shiny apps, uh, entertainment uh, and social media and the more positive use of your time. So education, um, connection type apps. 
Um, so that would be a first stage always, and then actually talk about it. And if you're a parent, it's really key to try to lead by example. Because okay. um, a lot of the work we would do now, predominantly the work we do is corporate, but we also do work in schools and colleges. And interestingly, a lot of the students we work with say, you know, my father's always checking his email in the evening. Um, so it's it's that balance of knowing we have to check our, our, our email on, you know, if we have high priority work emails coming in, quite often that's something we need to do. But it's making sure we're aware of doing it in front of the children. Um, the next step would then be around things like boundaries. Um, so I think this is something that we, we, this is really we're in a, a world now where the lines are really blurred. You know, I remember 15 years ago when I left the office, if I wanted to work after office hours, I had to go into the office. Right. So oh, there's yes. a real clear. I'm in work. Yeah, yeah, it's a real <laughs> clear line. Whereas now you've got this really beautiful thing in your pocket and you can just check your work email when you're out with your friends at the weekend. So the lines have totally blurred. So I think it's trying to create boundaries and specifically around very precious parts of our world. So sleep is a real key one. So trying to keep technology out of the bedroom and then things like meal time with your children, trying to keep that technology free. If you're going to do that, if you already have technology at the dinner table, maybe not complete prohibition, you know, bring it in a couple of days a week, just trying to reduce it because habits are quite hard to form. Um, everything we do is evidence-based and I think it's key to recognize if you're going to create a habit, you need to have a positive emotional buy-in. So if you say to the kids when they're used to having tech at the dinner table, you say, right, no tech at the dinner table, all of a sudden they're going to find that quite difficult. Um, and, and it's they're worthwhile. not hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's worthwhile yeah. just on that note as well, when it comes to tech and dinner time, some of the biggest names of technology are very vocal about not using technology at dinner time. So Sheryl Sandberg, so um, Eric Schmidt from Google, biggest, some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley would be very vocal about making sure dinner time is dinner time, it's family time. So for example, the late Steve Jobs and Ev Williams from Twitter um, have been very vocal about making sure their children don't get access to technology at a young age. So they send their children to non-tech schools, very specific non-tech schools. And this is where a lot of the leaders in Silicon Valley would send their children. There's numerous articles in the New York Times and other leading publications about that. I think you're ab- saying that because I'm that. looking aghast. I'm yeah, going, but wow, I mean, the thing, the thing to recognize there is it's, it's great that this awareness is out there, that these guys obviously know that um, it's not that healthy to give your children technology all the time. But do bear in mind, they're from a very different world from us. You know, I'm sure they have numerous nannies that can look yeah, after the children. Yeah. Um, whereas for us, you know, what we have found is technology is often something that's a really quick soother for your child. You know, if you're out and your child is screaming in a restaurant, you hand them a smartphone. It's like, oh, thank God, the panic is over. I can get back to looking at what I'm going to order yeah. and actually having some downtime myself. But the, the real balance there, and this is a real struggle for parents, is being aware that if you're giving your child something that is the ultimate and entertainment entertainment you're setting an expectation for them being plugged in 24 7 so you're essentially giving them like a drip feed of adrenaline that they're then going to want 24 7 which is quite hard to take a step back from so you know if you are doing that try to when you're giving them technology to as a soother make sure it is the more educational the less shiny the less bright the less loud the less stimulating essentially because otherwise it's going to be something that becomes harder and harder to take away it's brilliant do you know that that alone is brilliant. I, as a mom, no, <laughs> I could just sit there now and let you do a mic drop moment, as I say. Uh, but no, that is one of those light bulb moments where as a parent, mm. I've been, I notice the difference no matter what it is that they see or watch on a tablet. It's only, yeah. only one of them now who's at the, the tablet age. Um, thankfully, the, the other ones don't really have the, the, mm. just different ages and different needs. But yeah, 
I see the difference, even if it is an educational one, the difference in temperament, the difference mm. in energy levels, everything. So to say that, um, to give them the less, but also in a scary way, if you're mm. giving them this huge adrenaline, shiny app moment of, mm. of, of uh, entertainment, how are you going to uh, not only replace it and up it on the apps and on tablets, yeah. but even in real life with you? How can you how, how can you compete with that? Whether it's a soothing yeah. bedtime story, um, a snuggle moment, a chat, yeah. uh, how was your day? It's all going to seem a little bit less dull, a little bit more dull in comparison. Yeah, that works for us adults as well. So one of the, the biggest studies out there on smartphone impact on our behaviour has been replicated by lots of universities. But the original one was Virginia Tech a couple of years ago. It's called the iPhone study. And basically what it does is it shows that when there's a smartphone, so a digital phone on a table in front of oh us, my God. it reduces the quality of conversation and the level of empathy that we have, Stop it. even if it's switched off. And the reason is, um, same as what we were saying with the children, essentially you have, you have access to any entertainment in the world that's probably going to be better than what's in front of you. No offence, Tara. But, you know, there's, it's any <laughs> entertainment Cyprus, you want. There's no smartphones here. Right? Like, you know, so it's, it's being aware of, you know, if you do have, like, let's say a date, it's a classic one where you go on a date and, you know, it's all about you want to make a good impression. But if you're thinking, hang on, what's down here? Is there an upgrade? Could I get a better, a better swipe <laughs> on Tinder? An upgrade in comparison to the person in front of you. Potentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, because success and satisfaction really come down to our attention and where we place it's like it. the marshmallow so test. It's so embarrassing yeah. for adults to be. But it's it's yeah. true, you know, and it's it's funny because um, I know we, we, we've spoken about this before, but we did a lot of research kind of it was more of a humorous study yeah. just to show the impact on intimacy of, of technology. You got a lot of great media response. Yes, to go, go down that road. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it, it showed actually quite a high percentage of people. So it's 22 percent of people bearing in mind this was in 2014. 22 percent of people said they checked their phone for their dating apps whilst on a first date. <laughs> So you're constantly, instead of being, you know, you're, you're not in the moment, you're basically thinking, well, hang on, the person in front of right, you might be amazing, but, but what else amazing. is out there? Yeah. Um, so you're continuously thinking of upgrading. It's the same thing with this analogy of um, no longer I think, therefore I am, but instead I share, therefore I am, which is a, a quote from the MIT professor, Sherry Turkle. Um, a, another question we asked, and this was a little bit um, kind of blue, but it was in relation to have you ever used your smartphone during um, the act of lovemaking and 6% of people said yes. And now that's replicated by the Irish Times sex survey have said similar things. I know. Um, Come on. And it just shows that technology is interfering with some of our most precious moments. Yeah. Now it can aid. I'm sure there are apps out there that can you know, add add as well, but it's being aware of where it's creeping into our lives. Yes, very big time. And yep. I'm very aware we're running out of time. Just sure. uh, as some would say, just when you're getting to the blue moment. But no, mm. it is Thrive. You were at Thrive recently and the, the Groove Festival and you were involved with that. And then what are you up to next? So we, we have a really exciting Q4 coming up for us. We're, we're continuing to do a lot of corporate workshops. So we do a lot of work with big tech companies, um, the likes of Accenture, Salesforce, Brilliant. Microsoft and HubSpot. Must um, be great fun. They're so finger on the pulse. It, it yeah. is, yeah. And it's really great to see the technology companies are actually recognising that, you know, they need to essentially help their staff to improve well-being and productivity because for customers. them and their customers mm. exactly I mean what what they're working towards is having more focused staff which is great for everybody right um we're doing a lot of focus within Q4 as well on schools and colleges so Brilliant. we do a couple of days uh, a month into schools and colleges we're actually doing four to five days in um, Q4 because we have a, a number of programs which have been sponsored by companies so the likes of members first credit union the credit union when you guys say up Q4, in Q4 you mean the last quarter the last quarter yeah. sorry 
sorry. Of the yeah, year. I was yeah. Like, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So we we have Members First Credit Union. They're actually sponsoring a number of schools workshops. So we're going out to schools in their community to actually run workshops on digital well-being. So for the parents, for the teachers, and for the students. Um, and then we have overseas, we've started a lot of work in the UK. We're starting work in Asia and the wow. US at the end of Q4 as well. So exciting times. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah. did you enjoy Thrive? Or Fantastic, group? yeah. So what was your key thing for anyone who missed you at Kilrudery House? What were you doing there? I was jumping up and down to Primal Scream. That was my key thing. Um, but I think, I think the one thing from the talks, um, the question that kept on coming up was all around boundaries. You know, people really struggle with this. You know, how can I find boundaries in... Um, so really work-life balance. So back to that traditional model where the, the, the line is now creeping and we're, it's almost as if we're wearing two pairs of shoes all the time. You know, we're, at work we have social as well and then at home we also have work. And for us, it's really about finding those special places. So whether it's the bedroom and trying to keep technology out of that or the dining table. Um, and then there are specific apps that we'd recommend to help with that and then specific techniques to actually develop the habit. Chris, would you come back into us to talk about the uh, unplug and the connection to education? Of course. It would yeah. be really good if we can, for parents, get advice for children. Yes. For Whether it's in primary or secondary, and then obviously for students themselves into adulthood and college. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Excellent. Listen, that is Chris Flack. Thank you so much for coming in with your damaged injury. And thanks to Comfort and Vincent, Vincent's for helping to get you feeling better and get you here to us. So that is it. it people want to get in touch with you? Yeah, so our website is www.unplughq.com. Brilliant. And that's Chris Flack and that's me, Tara Lockery-Grant, for this week on The Lifestyle Show. Thanks a million for listening and you can read the articles on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle in the lifestyle section of RTE News Now and catch us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again and I'll be back with you next week. The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra.